it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the That Time. <laughs> you can't laugh at me. Oh, dear. It's just that same intro every time. Yeah, it's just a, just... It's a trademark. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the That Time When podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about That Time When, the Canadian Grand Prix track disintegrated. Dun, Tommy, dun, dun, dun. Dan, welcome back. Hello. That Time Thank When you. again. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about a track disintegrating. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So what are they racing at? The circuit you'll build now, if they race at now, is just a hologram. Oh. That they uh, simulate. So they simulate the race and it's still boring last year. Yep. Yep. Wow. Okay. This is a throwback to when Montreal was actually good. Yeah. Oh, shade. So this is, a, as you say, a throwback to 2008 heading into the Canadian Grand Prix. And things, well, not like this season, things were a lot closer uh, when you look at the Drivers' Championship going into the Canadian Grand Prix. Am I right? Yeah. Hamilton leading. 38 points. This is back when, um, that time when, 10 points for a win. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hamilton leading in, in his McLaren. So this was uh, 10 so, points so for a win, a 6 throwback. points for a for second. Uh, 8 points. 8 points. Eight, eight, sorry, 8 for second, for second 6 yeah. for third. And so on. Uh, Hamilton leading, 38 points. Kimi Raikkonen, second, 35 in a Ferrari. Massa, his teammate in a Ferrari, 34. And Kibitza in fourth in a BMW Sauber. Uh, on 32 points, so six points separating four drivers after five races. Five races, six, six races. races. We can only dream of seeing that uh, these days. Yeah, so sad. Uh, if Ferrari sorted themselves out, maybe. Anyway, let's, uh, well, we would usually dive straight into the race, but uh, we're actually going to talk about practice and qualifying where the problems began. So they kept repairing the track during practice and qualifying, uh, and qualifying was where... Weber had quite a, a moment where his car was damaged and couldn't take part. And uh, he he compared the track to a motocross circuit. It got that bad. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, to explain what was happening, the, the track was being disintegrated. Yeah. As the title suggests, <laughs> well, um, it ripped up, right? Yeah, because in Canada, the winters are so cold there. So obviously it freezes. Water gets seeps into the tarmac when it gets old. That freezes. And as it freezes, it expands, which crumbles the the tarmac and it was in dire need of a resurfacing so with these problems with this uh track disintegration it then caused crashes during the sessions yeah yeah people um people having all sorts of problems struggling for traction uh the worst the worst bit of all was the the hairpin uh so turn 10 there's dust and sand everywhere It, it looked absolutely awful so why was the apex of turn 10 so dangerous in particular i was looking into kind of another reason for it and um, where's his name? Francois de, de Montier. De Montier. It sounds like yeah. something I've said in yeah, previous in a, video. In, yeah, yeah. You love a French accent, don't you? Yep. Uh, he um, is the vice president. He was the vice president. Don't know if he still is of the Canadian Grand Prix. And his theory was obviously we said before the the wind, the harsh winter. But he believed as well they'd removed traction control that year. 
and he believed that that was part of it that you know people were spinning up their tires and it was making the um the corner even worse and i guess is is the the hairpin a particularly harsh corner for traction or i don't know i don't don't really believe that because where it was breaking up was sort of on the in the middle of the corner where drivers would generally be off throttle so i think that was just a little bit of it's not our fault it's someone else's fault going on sort of thing when in reality it might have been and there was talk ahead of the race of the whole thing being cancelled as well they just thought it was too dangerous and the track was not suitable yeah drivers weren't happy um Kimi Raikkonen was very vocal about it uh like I said earlier Weber said you know we should we should race on motocross bikes because it's <laughs> that bad um but instead uh they did repairs overnight for the race and um yeah drivers were told to avoid the apex at turn 10 and and that looked terrible if you find a picture online you will see it it's visibly bad it's basically like when you get marbles at the end of a race uh, of a really high tire deck race at somewhere like Shanghai or something, but it was like that after one lap and then just got worse and worse. It, rem- it reminds me actually when uh, people have like an oil spill or something. Um, don't know if it happens much in F1, but maybe in IndyCar if people have seen that and they, you know, they, they chuck like different oh, stuff what, on the track yeah. and, and there's dust and sand and all, all that kind of stuff on the hairpin. And yeah, it, it was pretty, pretty awful. Yeah, in, in qualifying, actually, had drivers normally in qualifying they want to go out at the last minute when the track's at its best, but in qualifying they're all going out straight, straight away, away so they could set laps before the track fell apart. Yeah, and, yeah. wow, what a strange, strange uh, qualifying session. And then, so we the race did go ahead in the end with the uh, track reparations um, with Hamilton on pole from Kubica, uh, and then there was an early safety car. Yeah, uh, Adrian Sutil for Force India went off and. Um, if anyone's seen it online, they will. Uh, there's there's quite a highly viewed video. If you search for Adrian Sutil running, it, the, the safety car, um, I don't think maybe was out yet, and he was pushed against the barrier and was almost didn't really know a little go. bit scared yeah. of the cars coming past him really quickly, <laughs> and he just does this kind of hilarious run uh, to get back. Which um, I've been told you're going to show me. Is that right? Oh, should we have a yeah. watch? Yeah, I mean, you, you said that you weren't going to show me before the podcast and that, okay. oh, you haven't even got it set up and ready. Okay, hang on. Unbelievable scenes. So okay. um, Satil was scared that he might get hit. Is that is that why he did this run? Well, I he was against the Baron. I think he was looking for like a hole to sort of yeah, go through onto the other side. Because there's a there's this big RBS. Um, okay. So this is it. So Satil is, is parked alongside... We don't need the commentary, probably, with the okay. uh, copyright issues. <laughs> um, okay, so he's parked alongside. We're still waiting for him to get out of the car right now. And uh, there he is, popping himself Legend, out. Legend, Satil himself. Popping the steering wheel back in. Everything is normal right now. You think, okay, nothing to see here. 120,000 views, this video. And then he's like, where am I going to go? Is this where he's kind of thought yeah, questioning. parked in a terrible place? It's almost like you've just got out of the shower and, yeah. and you're kind of like wet, but you don't really know where to... Oh, no. And he's even struggled to get over there as well. That's yeah. a, a cute little run. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that reminds me of getting out of the shower. So yeah. uh, if people want to see Adrian Sutil running in Canada, then uh, go check it out on YouTube. Um, it's so the Sutil, arm motion that makes it priceless, according to the the comment. So Sutil caused the safety car and then yep. everyone came into the pits. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Am, am I right in saying... Um, I, I, was, I was looking back at this and... Was there a rule at this time, they, they're always changing the rules, which is why I forgot, where 
when there's a safety car, they can all pit at the same time. You weren't allowed to they, refuel under the safety car. That was it. Yeah. So you weren't allowed to refuel under the safety car, but everyone came in for, for, for tires. Yeah. So yeah, there was uh, the safety car was out, and everyone dives into the pits at the same time. So you had Hamilton leading from Kubica. Yeah. Uh, Raikkonen. And Raikkonen. Hamilton was dominating at this point, we should probably say, because it's Canada the previous year was his first win and he'd taken pole by six tenths and he was just gone. Like he was at, like he, Hamilton in Montreal is just like, it's probably his best track even yeah. today, I would say. Yeah, and he's leading leading the championship. So I think a lot of people were assuming it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to win. Um, but he didn't. Instead, he ended up crashing. Yeah, so he's... Uh, even though he was leading, McLaren messed up his pit stop a little bit and both Kubica and Raikkonen jumped ahead of him. But because the safety car was out, the safety car train of cars was going past the pit exit. So when that happens, the red light comes on. Yep. No one's allowed to leave the pits. So you've got Raikkonen and Kubica stopped side by side at the end of the pit lane waiting. And then Hamilton just comes along, doesn't see the red light or the two stopped cars in front of him <laughs> and just goes straight into the back of Raikkonen's Ferrari. Yeah, so taking both himself and Raikkonen out. And not only that, but then Nico Rosberg joined the party as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Rosberg uh, did the same thing. It's a bit of a weird one because Canada have had that situation a few times where the red lights come on. And I yeah, assume it Massa it's the be- year before and Montoya yeah. and Fisichella the year before yeah. that or something like that. And I assume it's because um, Montreal... In terms of the pit lane, it's almost like a shortcut because you skip the chicane yeah. and then you also skip the first corner. But it so merges in, doesn't it? Even, even in a pit stop, you're not losing that much time. But uh, I remember, I remember at the time uh, there was a bit of controversy because Hamilton hitting Raikkonen. I think a few cynical people maybe believed that um, Hamilton in that split second, which I don't personally believe whether if it had been Michael Schumacher, maybe I'd have believed it because he All was right, that. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, I know I like Michael Schumacher, <laughs> but I'm not going to deny that he had that win at all costs, and he would probably be the only driver that could think that quickly. To be fair, um, it was meant to be a compliment. Okay, in sure. in, in, a, in a weird way, yeah, backhand. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, they believed that Hamilton in that split second decided, I'm going to plow into the back of these two cars which one is my title rival oh it's Kimi Raikkonen oh, and chance. went into the back of him which well, I don't believe for a second Formula One. exactly of course no, he's not going to do, do that, that. Yeah. I mean if you watch the video you can see that he's clearly locking up and turning turning to the side yeah that's some serious oh wow we've got a helicopter and an ambulance going past at the same time impressive um, but yeah you, you wouldn't expect that from Hamilton you know he's second year of Formula One he's five races into the championship there's still a long long way to go you're not gonna especially with his pace as well which you mentioned he probably still would have won the race exactly yeah yeah he he had the speed i think he was probably just a little bit distracted thinking oh no it's not been a good pit stop i'm third losing the race and he was probably like what's going on blah 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 and it just distracted him for yeah enough to cause the accident and rosberg did the same thing he was distracted as well yeah yeah yeah, and he went back into hamilton so so kubitza managed to avoid Two cars plowing into the back of him, which is good for him because, yeah, uh, yeah he when the green light came on, he uh, pulled away and led the race. My favourite thing about the accident is that afterwards, Raikkonen just got out of his car and then just like tapped Hamilton on the shoulder and just pointed at the lights. There was like no anger yeah, or anything. It was yeah. just like, there's lights there. <laughs> that was such a, such a cool moment. I even I remember that from, uh, God, 11 years ago now. How we are so old. Um, so Heidfeld was on a one-stop and he led Kubica, who was on a two-stop at this stage. 
Yeah, so it's uh, BMW Sauber one two, and yeah, during, during the race, Kubica because he'd pitted early was on a two stop. Heidfeld was leading on a one stop, uh, but Kubica ended up catching him and passing him yeah. because he was on the better strategy. He was on the better strategy, and also Kubica had Alonso in the Renault right behind him, like trying to get past. So instead of letting the race play out, BMW thought, "Oh, we'll sort of give Kubica the the, the clear air to pull away." Then if his strategy works, he'll win. If Heidfeld's works, Heidfeld will win, rather than Heidfeld holding both of them up and allowing Alonso yeah. to get the jump. Especially but, for a team like that that doesn't really win that many races. Yeah, they've never never won before. Yeah. Um, but and it didn't, never, ma- yeah. didn't matter anyway because Alonso crashed out a few laps later. Yes, uh, Alonso crashed. Uh, how, how did that happen? Uh, was it? I think it was similar to the way he crashed out in 2005 when he hit the wall coming out of uh, three was, and four. No, it was the... Um, the corner where Vettel went off from Button in oh, 2011. That, oh, that one. The, the, the right-hand corner before the kind of back straight, I guess you'd say, even though it's not particularly long straight. And there's the wall on the side. Oh, and Alonso yeah, yeah. Um, spun. Uh, again, th- there were a few, a fair few incidents like that in 2008 because they had recently banned traction control. And I don't think the circuit may have particularly helped matters yeah with uh traction um so yeah the drivers were already on the back foot because traction control had been banned after they'd used it for so long uh, and got used to driving that way yeah Um, i mean they're they're more than capable drivers of driving without traction control but i guess you know you've driven for six seven years with it yeah Uh, it takes a bit of adjusting and because the track as well is breaking up you're struggling for traction and yeah Alonso went off and hit the wall and that was when he was back at Renault after his McLaren fallout so that would have been a really good chance for him to score a podium yeah yeah and that was not the only notable moment uh, before the end of the race but Massa overtaking two cars at the hairpin Mas- yeah. yeah Massa had a bit of a up and down race he didn't qualify brilliantly and then he had a problem with his fuel rig at his pit stop then he had to come in again which dropped him to the back um, so he was sort of charging through the field. Um, and yeah, the the highlight was the, a double move on Kovalainen and Barrichello, who, because of all the craziness, Barrichello was fourth for Honda, which was a terrible car that year. Like, yeah. Really bad. Um, Kovalainen launched it up the inside of the hairpin at turn 10, which was the danger corner. And there was just a car width on the inside and Massa said, thanks, I'll have that. Took yeah. the groovy bit on the curb and got past both of them. So traction wasn't that bad. No, no, no. Then if he could exactly yeah. dive up the inside of two cars, um, yeah, it was a pretty epic move. Remember, remember the uh, reaction to it and cuts to the Ferrari mechanics cheering and stuff. So yeah, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, okay, because before Massa was always even at that point he was a fast driver and he was a title contender that year, but no one really knew it at that point. But I think it was seen like he still had a few areas of his game that was missing mm. i think overtaking was one of them and moments like that were like oh, okay he is a good like solid racer um and then obviously as the year progressed he emerged as the main title rival yeah for hamilton so. yeah crazy uh so we get to the end of the race now and uh robert kubitz won the race spoiler alert if you haven't seen 11 yep. year ago uh, canadian grand prix so most people wouldn't know so kubitz won this race yeah. um, <laughs> and not only won the race but uh led the championship in a bmw sauber yeah, so uh, BMW Sauber, I mean, what what a ridiculous performance. Like Sauber, as an independent team, had never won a race. 
uh, Kibitza, yeah, ended up winning a year after his absolutely horrendous accident as well, which was a fairy tale in itself. Mm, that yeah. the year before he had that huge accident, which he missed a couple of races for, and you know, it's a visibly horrible accident. Um, and Heidfeld was second as well, so it was a BMW Sauber one two. It's so, funny how often that happens when a team wins its first race. I was, it's I a was one literally two, just thinking it? that because <laughs> Jordan did the same at Spa, didn't they? When they fin- they won their first race, yeah, and, and got a one two. Braun and Red Bull as well. Oh yeah, wow, yeah, wow. That time when teams time get a one two, yeah. Um, and am I right in thinking that BMW Sauber then made the terrible decision to put all of their eggs into next year? Yep. Yeah, even, even though, though they took the was yeah. So they'd done this halfway through the season. It was they basically had like a plan. So they they took over Sauber in two thousand and six. I think they wanted podiums in two thousand and seven, which they got. Did Heidfeld get a podium in two thousand? I can't remember if he did or not. Uh, two thousand and seven. Yeah. 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 Um, and then to win races in 2008, and then with the big rule change in 2009, that's when they were going to win the title. Right. So, you know, Canada, one, two, great goal achieved. Let's sack off the rest of the season and focus on 2009, even though we're leading the championship. Yeah, I mean, but that makes... It was, it was bad because no what, um, what actually happened was, we all, we all know the story of, is that Glock and Massa and, uh, Massa and Hamilton going for the title, but... Uh, before that race in Fuji, was that the race before? Or, or yeah. two races before? Um, there was quite a lot of races where Hamilton and Massa were really screwing up a lot. And Kubica, and, was... and Kubica was not very far off going. With two races to go, Kubica was still with contention of winning the championship, albeit he had to maybe win the last two races. Yeah. Um, and it just showed that you know if they'd carried on, and Hamilton and Massa are making mistakes left, right, and centre. They could have had the momentum to actually win the championship with Kubica, which would have been unbelievable. Yeah, but they didn't. They made a terrible decision. But all the races and the, next and the, year, and then were dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah, their 2009 car was one of the worst. One of the worst cars on the grid because they didn't <laughs> have the double diffuser, and oh, it looked like a Lego F1 car because it was like boxy, square, and horrible. Yeah. So it looked hideous, and it. Drove hideous as well. And then they quit the sport well, at the end of the year. Yeah. It's like a rage quit. Like, yeah. Oh, rage well, quit, yeah, we're we done. Quit. We didn't win. Yeah, didn't Bye. win. Bye. Uh, now, just quickly turning back to the Canadian Grand Prix, because obviously that's what we were discussing uh, and the track disintegrating. Because of all those issues, the next year, they got rid of it completely, didn't they? Well, it wasn't because of the track issues. Um, in 2004, tobacco advertising got stricter, and that's where the Canadian Grand Prix got a lot of its money from, and they'd sort of been struggling year on year uh, to find the funds for it. And I think... I can't imagine the track issues would have helped No, no, I think that was though. probably sort of, you know, that didn't help. And then Straw the FIA the just said, back sort of thing. no, we're not having a race this year. And that sort of forced them to resurface the track and get it ready for 2010. Yeah, I, I remember in 2010, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of eyes on, on that race going, have they sorted these issues? We don't want it happening again. Yeah. And but, they did. But yeah, tobacco, okay. tobacco advertising screwed it. And it did for a lot of... Um, a lot of races. I remember Spa missed Spa it one missed year, didn't one. they? Yeah, yeah. What was the race that Canada had where it wasn't the track disintegrating, but it was the tyres disintegrating? That was 2010. That was 2010. Yeah. Yeah. That basically inspired that Pirelli. That inspired Pirelli to yeah do the the worn tyres. 15 but, stop races. Yeah, because what's really disappointing um, 
and again, like without getting too nostalgic, that oh, it was so much better in my Back day. In the day. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing that Canada. I can't remember the last time a Canadian Grand Prix was good. Maybe when Ricardo won, that, but that, that was caused by Mercedes reliability rather than being breaking the issues, break, yeah. you know, having problems. But well, that was ERS, wasn't it? That's yeah. similar to what Ricardo had in Monaco. Yeah, yeah. But this this era of the Canadian Grand Prix, if you ask anyone in two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven what's the best Grand Prix? I think most people would say Canada because it just seemed to deliver almost every, every single yeah. year. It was crazy yeah. and bonkers. And yeah, I mean, the 2008 race, David Coulthard finished on the podium for Red Bull. It was his last podium and he he only finished in the points in one other race that year, which mm. just shows like it, that was the sort of race it was. And the year before, Alex Verts got a podium for Williams. Yeah. It was just a crazy race. Seemed a bit of rain maybe this Throwback time. to midfield teams actually not being 50 seconds behind. Yeah. yeah. The it's leaders. depressing, isn't it? Maybe some rain will uh, spice up the action, or some snow, or disintegrating some track disintegration. Track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out there with your pickaxes. Right, yeah. Anything else from you boys? Anything else to add about the Canadian Grand Prix? I think oh, we're good. Hopefully, it's a good done. one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Um, so, there. Thank you very much, everybody, for for listening. Uh, please do send us your stories, topic ideas, anything that you've got in that brain of yours that you'd like us to cover in in the series. Uh, we're very much enjoying this, aren't we? Uh, still. Yeah. So, uh, yep. I had probably my favorite favorite twenty minutes of. Uh, of any day oh thanks um, apart from Monday, Tuesday no I'm joking um, <laughs> you can tweet us using the hashtag WTF1 podcast or send us a message on Instagram or Twitter or wherever you want to try and contact us eh um, yeah. and give also make sure to give us a review on especially because the, the uh, we're back down to 4.5 because of my like Tourette's from the last oh, episode god sake Tommy yeah so uh, uh, please do you know give us a rating whatever platform you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts what else we got Spotify um, but yeah get get let's get back up to five yeah, five please, stars please so I can, if you're enjoying yeah. it please rate and if you're not enjoying it don't rate because we still need five stars <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's really appreciated and uh thank you so much for doing that and that is it uh our next time we'll be looking towards what french grand prix france if i've got it correct because i've written down the next one to be the french grand prix so i sure hope it's the french grand prix but if it's not we've changed our minds thank you very much for watching watching listening listening ears listening ears. cool thanks ears goodbye bye 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 bye, bye. Bovril. beefy base Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI.